Good afternoon, everyone. As everyone prepares, of course, to get out of town for the last gasp of summer, we still have plenty to talk about before you go wherever you have to go on the update this Friday. If you're staying in town, those who are going to be attending outdoor parties or barbecues may find an uninvited guest looming over your festivities, a police drone. Uh, we'll explain why, and of course have the latest details. A member of the MS-13 street gang has now pleaded guilty for his part in the murders of four people, including two teenage girls who were attacked with the machete and baseball bats on the suburbs of Long Island seven years ago. Glaber Torres had a throwing error that gave the Tigers a win over the Yankees, allowing them to salvage the series finale. Meanwhile, Yankee owner Hal Steinbrenner said that he's excited to see what the influx of young players will bring to the Major League team over the last few weeks of this lost season, and also hinted that changes could be coming to how the team utilizes analytics. And we've all known for the longest time now that those food ads have long made their subjects look bigger, juicier, and even crispier than they are in real life. But some consumers say that those mouth-watering ads can cross the line into deception, and that's leading to a growing number of lawsuits. This is the update, Friday, September the 1st, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage, a magical place not found on any map. This is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's anything and everything that you need to know, because anything Truly anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Friday. TGIF to all of you out there. It's not just any Friday, and it's not just any getaway Friday either. This is probably the moment that some people have been waiting for, or have least been waiting for. It is Labor Day weekend, of course, as we call it, the last unofficial gasp of the summer of 2023. And uh, after a long, what seems to have been a long summer at times, with all the drenching rain, the weather is cooperating just in time. And actually, it's saying over the course of this Labor Day weekend, that uh, summer is not over just yet. Uh, it's going to get hot, 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 uh, just in time for this last gasp of the summer. It is also the first day, I believe, of meteorological fall. It starts in September 1st, and then, of course, the tropics, they start to get active around that time. Many people, of course, are going to use this opportunity to get out of town, make some final memories of the summer. And I say, wherever you decide to go, 
on the Labor Day weekend. Hopefully you get there and you travel safe and you have all the fun that comes with whatever you decide to do. Uh, before you do go, though, uh, get caught up on everything that's uh, that's going to be happening or has happened around town. <laughs> I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, personally, that you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Friday uh, with uh, the NYPD. Uh, for those people who are deciding to stay in town over the Labor Day weekend, there are still lots of festivities for you to do. Uh, the West in, uh, the, the Caribbean Day Parade, because it goes by many iterations now. <laughs> it's this weekend in Brooklyn, and if you decide to go to that, you know, go have fun. Uh, other people, though, they're going to be having those outdoor parties and barbecues to celebrate the last uh, gasp of the summer. And if you are deciding to attend an outdoor party or a barbecue, you may find an uninvited guest looming over your festivities. A police drone. That's because the NYPD, they're planning to pilot the unmanned aircrafts over the large gatherings in an effort to enhance security over this weekend. Assistant NYPD Commissioner Kaz Doherty says that the drones will be used to check in on complaints about either, quote, like a large crowd or a large party in a backyard. The move, though, it's drawing some immediate complaints from privacy advocates who say that the city must establish clear rules around the drone surveillance. Uh, on to some of the other news of this Friday. And over in Ridgefield in Connecticut, a newly released arrest warrant says that a woman has now been charged with trying to help a relative die by suicide. Uh, police there say that the 65-year-old man felt that he'd had accomplished his life's goals, had a strong belief in the afterlife, and was, quote, ready to go. The suicide attempt failed, and the woman has now been charged with attempted manslaughter. Her lawyer did not return messages he could comment. The warrant was first obtained and reported on yesterday by Hearst, Connecticut Media. The affidavit itself, though, did not say whether the man was actually ill. Down the Jersey Shore, out of Ocean City, uh, Orsted, the global wind energy developer, says that its first offshore wind farm in Jersey will be delayed until about 2026. Uh, the Danish company said on Wednesday that that's due to supply chain issues, higher interest rates, and a failure so far to garner enough tax credits from the federal government. The company says it could be forced to write off about over $2 billion on U.S. projects that are worth less than they had been. It also said that it had considered simply abandoning the Ocean Wind 1 project off of the southern Jersey coast. Uh, but Orsted still believes that the wind farm off of Ocean City will become profitable in the long run.
Over the last several days, we've been telling you about a time capsule over at West Point. There was a lot of anticipation about what could possibly be inside this thing. And then when it actually opened up, people were disappointed, to say the least. While there are continuing to be new developments on that, that nearly 200-year-old time capsule that appeared to yield uh, a little more than just dust when it was opened at West Point actually contained centuries-old coins that were potentially worth about thousands of dollars. Uh, the U.S. Military Academy says that the lead box contained six American, six silver American coins dating from 1795 to 1828 and had a commemorative seal, a commemorative metal, I should say. All were discovered in the sediment that appeared to be the box's only contents during the ceremonial opening back on Monday. Uh, this find seems to confirm the Academy officials' theory that the time capsule was placed in a monument by cadets in either 1828 or 1829 when the monument honoring a Revolutionary War hero was completed. Experts say that some of these coins, they are worth well over uh, wealth worth <laughs> they're worth well over one thousand dollars the white supremacist shooter who killed three black residents over the weekend at that dollar store in jacksonville florida stopped beforehand at the state's first historically black college a campus police officer, of course, at Edward Waters University approached the man before he fled, potentially thwarting an attack there. The incident, of course, comes amid a recent spate of threats to historically black college and universities nationwide. Black students and faculty, they fear that they are increasingly unsafe. The FBI, black leaders, and law enforcement partners are now working together to discuss security, and also safety. Meanwhile, to Long Island we go now to Central Islip, where a member of the violent MS-13 street gang is now pleaded guilty for his part in the murders of four people across the state of New York, including two teenage girls who were attacked with a machete and baseball bats on a street there on Long Island seven years ago. Enrique Portillo pleaded guilty in federal court yesterday to racketeering and weapons charges covering a total of four murders along with other crimes. Authorities say he was among several gang members who ambushed of those best friends, of course, 15-year-old Nisa Mickens and 16-year-old Kayla Cuevas, in September of 2016, following a dispute at Brentwood High School, he faces up to life in prison when he is sentenced. In other news, a headless bronze statue believed to depict the Roman emperor and philosopher Marcus Aurelius has now been ordered seized from the Cleveland Museum of Art. A warrant signed by a judge in this city of New York last month ordered the seizure of this statue. A spokesperson for the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, says that the warrant was secured 
As part of an ongoing investigation into a smuggling network involving antiquities, looted from Bourbon in Bubon, I should say, in southwestern Turkey, and trafficked then through Manhattan. A spokesperson for the museum said yesterday that officials there could not comment on whether the stat on the statue, they couldn't comment on the statue while it is the subject of litigation. And finally, in newly public testimony, the former president has boasted about building a multi-billion dollar brand and saving, quote, millions of lives as president. He is sparring, of course, with the attorney general, Tish James, uh, that's suing him, of course, for fraud, telling James that, quote, the whole case is just crazy, and accusing her staff of trying to trip him up like old-time TV lawyer Perry Mason did to witnesses. I promise you, I am not making this up. I am literally reading this verbatim. Trump's lawyers posted uh, a transcript of his April deposition and a flurry of court filings back on Wednesday related to James's lawsuit. A video recording of his testimony could be played when this lawsuit does go to trial on October 2nd. Anyway, time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Friday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports. Uh, the Tigers managed to salvage the series from the Yankees. And Hal Steinbrenner says he's looking forward to what the kids can do uh, in this lost season. And will they change their analytics department? We'll just have to wait and see. Continuing to look back on uh, Sleepaway Camp, I honestly forget what day this is of uh, camp, uh, but you will find out when you uh, when you listen to it. That sounds fun, huh? <laughs> and then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Washington, two former leaders of the far-right Proud Boys extremist group, they've been sentenced to more than a decade each in prison for spearheading that attack on the Capitol and trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden after the 2020 presidential election. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more to a force before most people get out of town for this Labor Day weekend <laughs> when the update Brady Julian returns in just a moment. Brandon Julia. You know, for many years now, my wife's favorite holiday has been Halloween. It's started to become my favorite holiday, too, or at least one of them. And it's not because that girls out there every year, they dress up in crazy costumes and sexy costumes. If you think about it, the ladies totally do, though. You know, some people are like, I'm a witch if she was a hooker. I'm Little Miss Muppet. I'm sure you are. Hey, that almost sounded dirty, Brandon. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. My grandpa Lou is the reason why my dad and I started racing, and I'm really proud to follow on his tracks. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. 
I've learned a lot on this journey with my grandpa Lou, and the memories of my grandpa will always be with me. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Talking about Alzheimer's can be really tough, but if you notice something, have a conversation with your loved one. Encourage them to see a doctor or offer to go with them. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. The Alzheimer's Association provides care, support, and research to help you take control of the situation with your family and manage the disease together. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk, a message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F-trains will run on the E-line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M-trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M-trains will run between 57th Street on the F-Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F-shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June 26 at approximately 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street, in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Sunday, February 26th at 5 a.m. until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of accessibility and station improvements. Skip-stop service on the Z train will not be running. All trains will make local stops. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, 
L&M Trains at 14th Street is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 select bus service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So, let's face it, even if you don't want to admit it, the New York Yankees have had... <laughs> the New York Yankees pretty much... I've had a lost season up to this point. Uh, but uh, as lost as they might be, you gotta give them credit. They're still trying. And like I said about the Mets, are they... Are the Mets... Sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about my team. Are the Yankees mathematically in the playoff race still? Yes. Can they actually make the playoffs? Well, if you ask every other person that's been covering baseball for probably over 10 years, they will probably tell you, no. No, they can't. And I think Michael Kay on the Michael Kay show put it uh, illustriously. They have done themselves no favors. They have lost two teams that they should not have lost to. And uh, it's going to be very hard for them to make it up with, uh, I'm guessing it's about a month to go in the regular season. I have not been looking at my calendar. But, nevertheless, the season carries on, and the Yankees apparently have made some call-ups because the Major League rosters expand today on September 1st. But yesterday, the Yankees, dare I say, were, crying, were trying to go for a sweep of the Tigers out in Detroit. And uh, they got close. Anthony Volpe tied it up with a three-run homer in the ninth inning off the of closer Alex Lang of the Tigers to become the first Yankee rookie to have 20 homers and 20 stolen bases in a season. 
He's the 15th rookie with a 20-homer, 20-stolen base season. And is also the second of the year behind uh, Eric, excuse me, behind, with Aaron Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. Uh, but uh, in the 10th inning, Glaver Torres made a throwing error to give the Tigers a 4-3 win and salvage the series finale. Uh, they were trying to go for their first four-game winning streak of the season since late May. That was the last time the New York Yankees had won four in a row. Uh, instead, the Yankees were handed their ninth walk-off loss of the year. And also been illustriously uh, talked about on the Michael K. show. It's been talking about who is actually going to pay the piper if the Yankees, they do miss the playoffs, and they do end up in last place with, I think it's like a $290 million payroll. Some people have said Aaron Boone, most likely will be the sacrificial lamb. Other people are saying Brian Cashman should also have to pay the piper. Because he's the one who actually, I don't know, built this roster. And with the uh, release of Josh Donaldson, um, Harrison Bader being uh, being shipped out, you know, it's, uh, it's possible to say that Brian Cashman's made some mistakes this season. Not that he'll probably ever admit it, but... Uh, the owner of these Yankees, Mr. Hal Steinbrenner, said that he's excited to see what the influx of young players will bring to the big league team over the final weeks of what basically has been a very lost year, and also hinted that the changes could be coming to how this team utilizes analytics. The Yankees, of course, as I mentioned earlier, they're planning to call up Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells, their top prospects today, when the Major League rosters expand from 26 to 28. Moves that were made as Harrison Bader was uh, claimed off of waivers from Cincinnati. The pair could make their Major League debut in Houston tonight against the Astros when they are scheduled, the Astros are, to start Mr. Justin Verlander, formerly, of course, of those New York Mets. And now, folks, when we return on the update this Friday, we are continuing to look back on the days of Sleepaway Camp, if you don't know which day it is, <laughs> uh, based from uh, the podcast. I'm either going to sound really happy or I'm going to sound very, very pissed about something. Probably. I don't know exactly what yet. <laughs> and then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. The Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is now acknowledging that he took three trips last year aboard a private plane owned by the Republican megadonor Harlan Crow. I'm uh, going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to let you know about this. Where does the time go? I personally really hope I didn't write that line. <laughs> well, it turns out maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, but looking back on the past is always important. It's how we grow as people. Plus, of course, you always have those times when you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. 
Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend and on the select periods, too. Uh, my producers look for any excuse to hold a party, and that's what we have for you digging into our archives every weekend, playing you the best episodes from our previous years of the update. And every once in a while, we cram the best of an entire year of the update into one episode for your listening convenience. And if you don't know we're having a party, you will after you hear this sound by declaring that we're having a big party. <laughs> So every weekend, listen to the archives of the update to see what you remember from when that episode aired. And of course, be on the lookout for the best of particular years of the update every so often. Keep listening on the weekends and every now and again, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget. Unless, of course, you can't actually remember it from, you know, the night before. <laughs> Now, the update of Brain and Joy, it'll be right back after, of course, these messages. And uh, my producers actually left some uh, gifts for me under the sofa behind the set. How nice of them, actually. Excuse me. Brandon Julian. Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving people, it's, uh, we don't even really have a tradition for Thanksgiving. The tradition, when you think about it, is that we overeat. Honestly, it's like, hey, why don't we just make a holiday where we just eat a lot? We do that every day. Oh. Why don't we do it with people who annoy the crap out of us? Oh, he's definitely anti-family. This is The Update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Beijing common sense. Beijing common sense. Does anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Friday, everyone. TGIF to all of you out there. It's not just any Friday, of course. It's, uh, it's a getaway Friday, but also it's the first Friday 
in a brand new month, the month of uh, September. I'm thinking of that song from uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> but it's not just any September 1st, of course. This is uh, Labor Day weekend. Many people, of course, are getting out of town to make some last memories at the unofficial end of the summertime. Of course, if you're going calendar-wise, uh, so summer doesn't technically end until the middle of September. But, you know, after the Labor Day weekend, uh, I believe schools start uh, this Thursday upcoming. So, you know, get those last memories while you can. In the meantime, I'm still at uh, Camp Mackinac. I still believe I'm getting the name of this damn place wrong. <laughs> I'm talking, I've been talking all week about my experiences at camp, which, by the way, you should listen to those past episodes from this week and send me presents. Uh, today, <laughs> today we're looking at uh, Thursday part of camp, which is the last full day of the experience. Um, not on Monday's program, which is going to be Labor Day, and I'm going to be off. <laughs> on Tuesday's program upcoming, I'll talk about what happened on the final morning of camp. But uh, in terms of today, it was a lot going on. Um, since the kids only had limited exposure to the pool and uh, waterfront yesterday, they designed the schedule in a way that made it... Everybody gets as pool and waterfront back to back at the beginning of the day. So, you know, we had waterfront first, which is good for me because it was literally right by uh, the lake and the lake has the best cell phone service anywhere in this camp. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I made sure I watched the kids, but I also took the time to get some Amazon orders in because uh, the people I work with have been telling them that when the new school year starts next week, I'm coming up with an entire new, uh, an entire new wardrobe. Because mm. more or less, I have kept the same wardrobe for I think the last couple of years. But you know, it is time for a change. And then there was uh, lunch, and then rest hour. My break was in the morning yesterday, which was the opportunity for me to go to town. So my break was in the PM on Thursday. And I primarily spent that time trying to get my stuff together and packed. Because, you know, uh, the final morning, many people are usually scrambling to uh, pack their stuff. But not me, which is why I'm grateful I'm an adult staff. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually get an opportunity to spend a couple of hours. My break was from like two in the afternoon until after dinner. That's about five hours or so to make sure that everything is fully packed and whatnot. Because I think the last things I left are was just the clothes I was going to wear, my towel, uh, and the clothes I was uh, going to be getting back on the bus with. Uh, but then, uh, dinner was really an anomaly. The dinner they had, and I swear to you people, I have several dozen witnesses that can tell you this. They had a Coca-Cola barbecue chicken. Yes, I'm going to repeat that just in case you didn't hear that correctly. The Coca-Cola barbecue chicken. Really? 
This almost sounds like one of those recipes from B. Dylan Hollis. Like vanilla asparagus, really? And then he had pineapple to it. Like, I'm sorry, we have pineapple vanilla asparagus. Like, my bad. <laughs> I mean, it was surprisingly good, but the big thing was been these, like, granola bars or something to, those, something to that effect. Because uh, I had one of, one of the staff looked it up, or at least I asked them to look it up, and uh, they have a variety pack online that has strawberry, cinnamon, blueberry lemon, campfire, s'mores, and birthday cake. And you get a 30-pack for like $32. And I'm like, when I get my next check, I am buying that. <laughs> because they're good. They have a, they're low in calories. They have a good amount of fiber. So you know what? That was good. Uh, the big thing of the night was the talent show portion. Um, I was surprised because I was actually called first to begin the program by doing some stand-up comedy. And uh, honestly, I had a kind of a bit of a set already built in my head because I had been told in the past couple of days to have a set ready just in case. So I primarily did jokes about, you know, like cakes and holidays because some of them actually really do make sense when you truly, truly do um, think about it. Uh, and then, like, the Littles and the Biggies, they had their performances, which were really good, by the way. Uh, I, the Littles, they did a performance uh, based off of Spy Kids, which, uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> at the beginning, I was like, I want absolutely nothing to do with this, because the rehearsals the past couple of days have been almost, honestly, had been nothing short of a train wreck. We had one idea out the first day, and then it got completely switched up on the second day. So, you know, it was like, I am absolutely not sure if I want my name attached to this. <laughs> and then... The Biggies had a bit of a karaoke uh, night, which was really fun as well. Uh, there is one other thing that did happen, and it was related to the news world, because um, by the time it was like by the time that this portion of this show, by the time this portion of the show airs on the first of September, I don't think this will actually be relevant, but. Who knows? Despite my cell phone service being very spotty up here, um, I still get a connection, and I'm still able to keep up the track on certain things. Uh, and apparently, every time that we've been up here, there has been some sort of major news story that has been broken while I've been away. I believe in 2018, it was that uh, Whitney Houston, uh, not Whitney Houston, that was before that. <laughs> Get your facts together, Julian. No, it was Aretha Franklin, there we go. Aretha Franklin passed away in 2018 while we, I was away at camp. Um, this year, of course, has the former president being arrested in Georgia for the 2020 election, trying to interfere in that room. We've been talking about it throughout the current portion of this week, which will be the follow, which will be 
not this week of the, uh, what the hell day is this? <laughs> Uh, not this week of camp, you know, the 20-something through the 25th, when these batches of shows air the following week, leading up to September 1st, you know, the 28th through September 1st. That's one thing that we're going to be majorly catching up on. The other thing is that if you were a wrestling fan, you heard, or at least through the news, through the grapevine, or, you know, if you're a fan, or you're on the Twitter, because some people still call it Twitter, they're refusing to call it X. <laughs> you might have heard through the grapevine or on Twitter that uh, a post from Triple H, who got a call from WWE Hall of Famer uh, Mike Rotunda, who was IRS for all the uh, fancy schmance wrestling knowledge fans out there, I mean, I'm a wrestling fan, but I don't have quite the wrestling knowledge of some other people. Anyway, <laughs> Triple H received a call from Mike Rotunda that his son, who you may know as uh, Wyndham Rotunda, or Bray Wyatt, unexpectedly passed away at the age of 36 um, today. Oh, wait, it was in the over. It was basically on Thursday essentially, because the time difference might be different for some folks. He was only 36 years old, though, um, which was a real shocker to most people. Uh, many people that know that Bray Wyatt had been away from uh, the program since he did that, um, what was that match called? I think it was the Pitch Black Mountain Dew match against L.A. Knight. And um, it had been told or thought that he was going to be back soon. And I'm not trying to make crude jokes here, but it looks like apparently now soon is a long way away if you can get in touch with the afterlife. Um, apparently the cause of death was known. It has something to do with COVID. So this is just, you know, your friendly reminder that COVID is one of these things that is not really going away. It can still cause the death of some major people and the wrestling world is just in a tizzy after, you know, it was told, it was known that we'd lost, um, Hall of Famer Terry Funk just the other day. So, you know, the wrestling world is, um, is in a bit of a tizzy, but, you know, it will carry on. It always does. I mean, hell, the wrestling world survived a pandemic, for God's sake. But I know many people are Bray Wyatt fans and they are, they're shocked and they are devastated and they'll need their time to mourn as they should. If you're really a big, big particular fan of, um, of someone. And like I said, I'll be trying my best to sprinkle in the parts that are still relevant by the time, um, by the time ne- these batches of segments air during not this week, the 20th through the 25th, but the following week. Uh, through September 1st, these programs. Um, like I said, on not Monday's edition, because it'll be Labor Day and I'm going to be off, <laughs> on Tuesday's edition of the program, uh, we're going to talk about the final morning at camp. It's basically breakfast and packing up. But one other factor 
it rained all of Thursday afternoon and I think in the overnight because there are so several areas of this place that are still damp as hell. <laughs> so that might affect the packing up process a bit, but we'll talk about that on Tuesday. Uh, for now, I'm going to throw it down to present joy in about 300, 300 uh, miles away or so back in New York. It probably needs a drink of water at this point. And we'll tell you, of course, that national news, it is next for us around here, of course, when the updated Brandon Julian, back down in New York, uh, continues in just a moment. From New York, based on a true story. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question, and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think, in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry, because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. From New York, much less than the sum of its parts, this is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday for some of us, most seemingly, of course, a Friday for others. Thank you so much. Of course, folks are still being here with us. Isn't that past Julian great? I think he really is still a great guy. He's had a lot to go through <laughs> this week. And I'm sure, from my knowledge, I think we're going to wrap up. Um, we're going to wrap up the Sleepaway Camp series on Tuesday's edition of the program. Because, of course, we're off Monday for Labor Day. That means I get to take a nap. <laughs> Or whatever people do on Labor Day. I'm sure they go out and party or something. I wouldn't really know. (laughs) Anyway, like I said, before we all get going, uh, let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we are going to begin, of course, in Washington. Where two former leaders of the far-right Proud Boys extremist group, they've been sentenced to more than a decade each in prison for spearheading that attack on the Capitol to try to prevent the uh, peaceful transfer of power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden after the 2020 presidential election. 
The 17-year prison term for organizer Joseph Biggs and 15-year sentence for leader Zachary Reel are some of the longest sentences handed down yet in the January 6th attack. They were the first Proud Boys to be sentenced by U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly, who will separately preside over similar hearings for three other Proud Boys. In other news, the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is now acknowledging that he took three trips last year aboard a private plane owned by the Republican mega-donor Harlan Crow. It's the first time in years that Thomas has reported receiving hospitality from Crow. In a report that was made public yesterday, the 75-year-old justice said that he was complying with new guidelines from the federal judiciary for, for reporting travel. But the filing doesn't include any earlier travel at Crow's expense, including a 2019 trip in Indonesia aboard the yacht owned by Crow, a wealthy businessman and a benefactor of conservative causes. Thomas's report comes amid a heightened focus on ethics at the High Court. More than a dozen people nationally have now been charged with threatening election workers by a special Justice Department unit. Prosecutors are trying to curb the menacing of election workers, though staffers being inundated with violent and graphic threats even in normally quiet periods between elections. Some point, of course, to the former president and his allies repeatedly and falsely claiming the 2020 election was stolen and spreading conspiracy theories about election workers. Two more people pleaded guilty yesterday to threatening election workers in Arizona and Georgia. Already two cases have resulted in years-long prison sentences, including one where a man threatened to, quote, lynch an Arizona election official. And down in Horseshoe Beach in Florida, we're talking about the uh, aftermath of Idalia still in the weather, which we only address when the weather is bad, and of course it still is. Florida and Georgia residents living along Idalia's path of destruction are continuing to pick through the piles of rubble where homes once stood. Throwing tarps over roofs and gingerly navigating through mazes of streets left underwater or clogged with fallen trees. Rescue and repair efforts were in full force in Florida's remote Big Bend area, where Adalia roared ashore with 125 mile per hour winds on Wednesday, shredding homes, ripping off roofs, snapping small trees, and turning streets into rivers. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis toured the area with federal emergency officials yesterday, and the president is planning to visit Florida tomorrow. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brian and Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app? Stop. That dog does not want to be petted. <laughs> just a little heads up before something bad happens. Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh, no, 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 no. So you can have more control. Stop. You're texting your boss by mistake. Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. 
but prediabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop prediabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Warning, the cap is loose on that catch-up. Don't wait. You have the power to change the outcome. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back to the update, Brady Julian, on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday for some of us, most importantly, a Friday for others, as many of us prepare to get out of town on this Start of the Labor Day weekend. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. And like I said before, hopefully you travel to wherever you are planning to go as safely as possible. We're talking together right now, though, of course, the latest national news. And back here in New York, one uh, it emerged earlier this week that U.S. health regulators are suggesting that the federal government, they loosen the restrictions on marijuana, the news lit up the world of weed. Specifically, the Health and Human Services Department has recommended removing marijuana from a category of drugs deemed to have, quote, no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. The agency advised moving pot from that Schedule 1 group to the less tightly regulated Schedule 3. The decision is up, of course, to the DEA. A reclassification, though, wouldn't legalize recreational pot nationwide, but it would have some impact, particularly on research and pot business taxes. In other news, we're going to go out to the American West in Los Angeles, where, of course, the strike still continues between the writers and the actors. But two spinoffs of The Walking Dead and the next season of Interview with the Vampire are going to be resuming production despite the Hollywood strikes after reaching a deal with the Actors Union. The union granted what's known as an interim agreement to the three shows on AMC. Uh, These agreements, which have been granted to hundreds of films and TV shows, allow productions outside of the alliance of major studios to resume so long as they grant actors what they are asking for before the strike broke out. The shows are the highest profile series yet to get these deals, which some actors say, though, are undermining their strike. If you've ever seen a fast food commercial, we all know that these ads have made their subjects look bigger juicier, and even crispier than what they are when you actually eat them. But some consumers say that those mouth-watering ads can cross the line into deception, and that's leading to a growing number of lawsuits. And Burger King, they're just the latest company now in the crosshairs. Uh, Back in August, a federal judge in Florida refused to dismiss a class-action lawsuit that claims that Burger King's ads overstate the amount of meat that is in their Whopper burger and other sandwiches. But Burger King, of course, is far from the only one. 
A Perkins Coy, a law firm that tracks class action suits, said that 214 were filed against food and beverage companies just last year. And finally, if you're like me, you woke up and put on the TV this morning only to find a little bit of a nasty surprise if you are a Spectrum cable customer. Uh, they're among ESPN, a number of Disney entertainment channels that have gone dark on the Charter Spectrum cable systems. The channels went off the air last night due to a carriage dispute between the nation's second largest cable TV provider and Disney. Charter Spectrum, of course, is the major carrier in New York and Los Angeles, among numerous other cities, of course. ESPN was carrying a college football game between Florida and number 14, Utah, while ESPN2 was showing the U.S. Open tennis tournament uh, when the channels went dark for Charter Spectrum's is nearly 15 million subscribers, which is uh, a real crying shame because it also takes out ABC7 in the deal. And I want my eyewitness news. <laughs> of course, I also want a lot of things, but... We'll just have to see how this, uh, let's see how the strike goes. Gonna let you guys ponder on this as we say, in the words, of course, of Walter Cronkite, that is the way it is. Uh, Friday, September the 1st, 2023. That is the update on this Friday and for this week. I'm Brandon Julie, and we appreciate you being here with us. Next week, I'm gonna be telling you the date of our best of year three show when it will drop. So, you know, circle it on your calendars, because I know some people definitely have those. <laughs> so until uh, we hit the train to go to the beach, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, folks, please be well. Uh, we are off Monday for Labor Day, so, you know, like I said before, hopefully you get to wherever you need to go safely, you have fun, and I will see you back here refreshed, ready to go on Tuesday. We're going to wrap up this current season and get ready to start a new one, and when the new season starts, I'm sure we've been working hard, you're going to notice some subtle changes to differentiate. differentiate. <laughs> this season from other seasons. Anyway, folks, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for spending some of your time with us. I hope you have a good weekend and you get where you need to go safely, and I will see you back here refreshed and ready to go when we see you again next week on Tuesday. See you then.